You can hear us again. Can you hear us? Can you hear me now? (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Vietnam. (laughs) Oh, jeez. So we got new equipment and we used it for the last two episodes, but didn't realize and didn't do our homework well enough. Wah, wah, wah. Wait. Somebody didn't read the directions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> we're terrible at reading directions i don't want if it, if i need to read the instructions i'm not going to want it and i'm going to return it i'm so glad they don't give instruction books anymore they always have that little note in there that says or it's check like, our website i'm like you know okay i'll youtube it thank you or they have like three easy steps and you're like thank you set thank up you easy quick setup yes so Um, if you could tell from the title of this chapter, we are finally on part three. Wait, let me. Oh boy, she has new toys. (laughs) And they work now. Um, I know how to work them. So how about we get air conditioning in this room? Too loud with the mics. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, what's up with this California weather? It's like snowing and frozen everywhere and it's hot here. Okay. I... I'm not a sweater. You're not a sweater. I hope not. You're a girl. No, I mean, I don't sweat. sweat. <laughs> so it's freezing in the morning. When I leave for work, it's like in the low 50s. And then <laughs> I get to my office and people in my office like to play thermostat world. War, wait, blah, blah, blah. Thermostat wars, which... If you don't know what this is, it's when someone goes over and turns the temperature up and then another person goes over and turns the temperature down and it happens over and over and over and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And this now I know why offices have that little plastic box with over the, lock the air on conditioning it. because I've never gotten so hot and the, like I know what hot flashes are now. No, you don't. Yes, I do. I no, was you don't. dying. I was like, my face feels red because I'm hot and I'm sweating through a sweater. And that's really bad for air conditioners to do that. Yeah. So I'm supposed to set it at a nice temp. You know who I work with, so I know. Oh, <laughs> it makes sense. No one's listening. Well, everyone's listening except for that person. <laughs> <laughs> so this is part three. Of the book, 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do. We finally made it. I'm so excited to be done with this book. I like it. It's a great book. It's just like with any when we have when we're trying to do it in two weeks. Yeah. Well, I think it's been longer than two weeks. But I'm just glad it's over because I'm starting to get bored. Like, okay, like let's move it along. Because I'm a slow reader, so I'm like, oh gosh, it's taking forever and I'm impatient. But Mm. now that I've read the book... Did you read that chapter? Yes. But now that I've read the book and I know like, okay, if I feel like I really need to work on this right now because I read this in this book, I need to go back to that chapter. It's like now the Bible. I can now turn to the page and read the chapter and be like, let's come back down to earth, Brittany. Yeah. So 
we're just going to jump into it and we're going to get through this as fast as possible. <laughs> I think it's because we read the book, then you go back over it and take notes and yes. then you talk about it. Yes. So I feel like I'm constantly like read repeating myself and then I take my notes and I'm like, this wasn't the story that I remembered. Now that I'm taking the notes and then but they, I hope I see the story When they buy the book, here. they can get the stories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my personal experience oh, stories. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. So I'm going to start. We're doing chapter nine to chapter 13. So chapter nine is don't resent other people's success, which, oh my goodness, guys, this is a good chapter. And I always thought I knew what resentment means meant, but this like fully describes a person that is very resentful towards human beings. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to read the checklist and then we're going to move on from there. So uh, resentment is unhealthy. Do any of these statements sound familiar? You often compare your wealth, status, and appearance to the people around you. You feel envious of people who can afford nicer possessions than you can. It's difficult for you to listen to other people share their success stories. You think you deserve more recognition for your accomplishments than you actually receive. You worry that other people perceive you as a loser. It sometimes feels like no matter how hard you try, everyone else seems to be more successful. You feel disgust rather than joy toward people who are able to achieve their dreams. It's hard to be around people who make more money than you do. You feel embarrassed by your lack of success. You sometimes imply to others that you're doing better than you actually are. You secretly experience joy when a successful person encounters misfortune. So that's sad. This is a really sad chapter only because and I'm going to go into what I liked about this chapter and what I disliked about this chapter. Um, it's made me understand the difference between jealousy and resentment because it is not the same thing. What actually Correct. resentment is, is it starts off as jealousy, but it turns to resentment. And it's like the terminology, like green with envy. Uh huh. I think resentment is like way worse than green that's like black to me right right so um like a black heart yeah like dying inside so what i liked about this chapter was i can now recognize resentment from people around me and when i have resentment myself like if i'm resent resentful um and people who know me, like, truly, truly know me, they know I'm not a jealous person. Like, I, I, I'm fully on my side of the street. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can see how that kind of bugs people because I live my life on not, like, being a taker, but more of what's going to bring me joy. Uh-huh. And I don't want to be around negativity. Right. So I try to dodge that and I think it comes off as maybe, I don't know, that'll go into like the next 
chapter that I talk about, but I just want to like clarify, like Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. anyone, like how it describes on in the checklist that you make yourself seem better than you're actually doing. I can see how some people might see that in me, but I do enjoy like nice things. Right. And I work my ass off to get nice things, but I can see how some people like in my past, people have made comments about, Oh, you, you live to look rich. Hmm. And that's always bugged me since that person said that to my face. Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm doing and buying things that I like. It has nothing. Yeah. It has nothing to do with wanting other people to think something else. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. I don't give an F what people think about me. I will dress like that and hold my Louis in my house. Yeah. Nobody needs to see me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If no one saw me out in the world and I had a Louis, it has nothing to do with how people think one day you get to the success that you'll get mm-hmm. and you'll buy all of your friends one because oh that's gosh, how you are. Wait. No, I, that's what I did with you. Yeah. Was after I got myself one, I was like, I'm going to get my mom something. Yeah. <laughs> and slowly I've created a monster. <laughs> Sorry, daddy. <laughs> so, um, things that I didn't like about this chapter, which it like goes hand in hand with what I liked is not everyone is going to like you. So you need to understand that because I'm such a hypersensitive person, I don't necessarily want people to like me. It's just I don't like when people don't like me. I get that. If that makes sense. Like I hate knowing that someone in the world doesn't like me. I'm not trying. I think everybody feels that way. Don't feel like. Like I don't want to make people upset. That's my, that's basically what I'm saying. Even people that say I don't care what other people think. I think you it's human to not want people to dislike you i just i don't want to offend anyone right i don't want to make anyone angry or just like repulsed but i'm also gonna live my life to how i want to live um so that goes with people who are resentful is they're jealous and don't like you so you have to we have to get that out of our mindset that not you, everyone's going to like you and you need to learn to be okay with you that. You need to be happy for other people and what they have and get. Yeah. Not be jealous or resentful. Like, why did they get that and I didn't? Yeah. So sometimes when those thoughts creep into my mind, uh-huh. because in my work environment, it's very, very competitive. Mm-hmm. So it's second nature for that those thoughts to creep in. But I'm like... No, it's different because no one is me. Right. I am me and there's only one of me. So we constantly have to remind ourselves that we shouldn't be comparing our lives to other people because every single person's life is different. We all have different childhoods. We all like try as a parent trying to then create the same childhood that you had for your child, it's still going to be different, even if it's very similar. Mm -hmm. So we also need to think like how you've always told me when you meet a mate and you live together, you are, you each are being raised by 
four people who were in four different households growing up. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be growing pains when you first move in with someone. Um, I'm kind of going off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Okay. So another thing that I dislike, I feel like all the things that I disliked about this chapter were things that I didn't realize. And now I'm highly aware Uh of people who don't like me like i'm not like oh this person i thought was just like jealous of this one thing no they're fully resentful of me and there's literally nothing i can do or say to fix it oh, and have a good relationship i know who you're talking about so and i agree it's it sucks even though That's, you should never th- try to guess even by somebody's actions what they're thinking but yeah i agree yeah so in my notes i wrote you can't fix them Mm -mm. or talk them through it Mm -mm. so the thing that i disliked about this was i just need to accept the fact that this person isn't jealous of me but is a resent Mm -hmm. has resentment towards me and i need to just there's nothing i can do i can't work on this relationship so that made me like really sad (laughs) Um, and then I wanted to bring up a story because in my early twenties, after graduating college, before my MBA, I started a job in corporate and you always said growing up, you said life's not a competition. And then you also always said, Never judge a book by its cover. Like, don't rush through life trying to get to the next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. Mm -hmm. Making it a competition. Right. And don't look at someone from that. You're on the outside. Don't look at someone and create a story in your mind. Exactly. Because that leads to resentment. And if you aren't reading this book, this is where this chapter goes, is it teaches you how people who have resentment towards other people think Mm -hmm. and how you can better yourself if you are have resentment towards people so when those unhealthy thoughts come into your brain you always told me like don't judge someone because you don't actually know what's going on um so those words that you would always tell me would always run through my head. It's almost like the inner, my inner voice. I love that. You know, like the angel oh, and the devil. Yes. I love that I can be your inner voice. <laughs> yes. And so like I have, I don't have, okay, you know the angel and devil on your shoulders? 100%. Yes. I don't have the devil. No, I don't think you ever but have. But it's you. It's not an angel. It's just it's you. It's me on each the, shoulder. The mini version of you. <laughs> so I always was like, your voice would pop in and be like, don't compare yourself to anyone except yourself like yeah you should be you should only be in competition with yourself yes so i'm gonna story time story time <laughs> that, 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 uh, what's that uh blues clues no that's mail time sorry <laughs> <laughs> dementia is set in uh, no <laughs> um okay so when i first got this job I was always like, oh, they have beautiful clothes and beautiful handbags. Like, I just, I want to be able to afford this. And this was when I was spending 
basically my entire paychecks paying off my student loans because I wanted my goal for myself it was my inner competition that I was going to pay off my student loans in one year mm-hmm. my first year mm-hmm. of corporate America uh-huh. I was going to pay them off which I did very exciting <laughs> but those thoughts set in and it was like ugh, I feel like I need to make more money so that I can keep up with these girls oh yeah but yeah, then yeah. you said you need to look at how old they are and I remembered your don't judge a book. Maybe they're broke. Maybe their credit cards are maxed out. Yeah. Then I was thinking, then you started having me think of, they have years on you. They've been working, they're mm-hmm. 12 years older than you, 10 years older yeah. than you, eight years. They've been making your money and more for that much longer than you. They've so already of paid course, off their student loans. Of course. They can afford that bag or those clothes. And they probably have a double income. Yes. Um, So going into a very cliche quote is, do not judge your chapter one to someone's chapter 20. Love that so much. I love that. And I live by that quote because I refuse to be, feel resentful. Mm Mm-hmm and in life in general so i'm constantly like trying to be present trying to be grateful Mm -hmm. and trying to remember that someone else's life is not my life and it might look perfect on the outside but it might be terrible behind the scenes and i need to remember stop like stop comparing stay in your lane yeah it's not a competition (laughs) Another thing that I got from this chapter um, and what I learned after thinking that through of like, oh my gosh, they're so much older than me and they've been working longer. Of course, they can afford these things is what are they doing? So instead of competing and comparing, use them as a roadmap of what are they doing right? Uh, Yeah. So, okay, maybe they save money or... They've jumped from this job to this job to this job, growing up the ladder, and that's how they've made more money. Okay, mental note. That's what you're going to do. So I've always tried to remember, one, to imitate success. Like, whatever, look for the success and sort of imitate it because success is the same everywhere. It's not like this new thing that people are creating all the time and, oh, how did they do this? No, someone has done it in the past. They wrote the roadmap map to success. So just imitate it. If it works, it works. Somebody already wrote the book. Read it. Yep. <laughs> um, and also another thing with resentment, kind of like grounding yourself and being, it it's, shows more, you can be more genuine with people. If you just focus on yourself and you're blessed with what you have and you focus on your side, it just comes, it's just more attractive. So, um, and then that's my thoughts and my stories for chapter nine. And then I'm going to read the helpful tips at the end of the chapter so we can learn. Create your own definition of success. Mm. What does your success look like? 
Replacing negative thoughts that breed resentment with more rational thoughts. So not thinking with emotion, thinking with facts. Celebrating other people's accomplishments. Love. Focusing on your strengths. Cooperating rather than competing with everyone. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to put in the time. Yep. Chapter 10. They don't give up after the first failure. And you will fail. You have to fail to succeed. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to read the checklist. You worry about being perceived as a failure by other people. You only like to participate in things where you're likely to excel. If your first attempt at something doesn't work out well, you're probably likely to not try it again. You believe the most successful people were born with natural talent to succeed. There are plenty of things that you don't think you could ever learn to do, no matter how hard you try. Much of your self-worth is linked to your ability to succeed. The thought of failing feels very unsettling. You tend to make excuses for your failure. You would rather show off skills you already have than to try to learn new ones. Sorry, that made me laugh. So one of the reasons why we don't try again when we fail is because of the fear. Some people won't even try the first time because they have so much fear. And I've I've felt that like there's a lot of things in life that I won't try or won't do because I'd rather just stick to the things I'm good, good at. Yeah. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. But truly, some of the most successful people out there, some of the most successful companies have failed. I mean, just like, Look at the top people right now, Oprah and, you know, Oprah got fired from her first job (laughs) on TV. I mean, and look at her. Yeah. She owns her own network. And everything. The world. (laughs) She owns the world. So um, failure makes people think that they're not smart. They allow failure to define who they are. Uh, One of the really cool things that I learned in this chapter was that um, part of failure, the fear of failure um, can be a learned behavior. So like if your parents fixed everything and you never failed at anything, like you cannot cope if you fail. So I've seen this before. Um, I knew somebody, gosh, I don't know if I want to say, it was a close family friend that her parents did everything for her, gave her everything, which is not, I mean, I give my kids a lot, but she had never felt failure failure or a heartbreak or anything like that. So it was like, she was like 21 years old and something happened in her life and she just felt like mental breakdown. She fell apart. And it happened a couple of times and I was like, wow, like this person cannot deal with stress. But it wasn't that. It was like, it links back kind of like to the story. I don't know if grandma's ever told you this story that Kevin was crying one yes. time. Oh, yes. Gosh. When Kevin was a baby, he was crying like uncontrollably. And my mom was freaking out. She didn't <laughs> know what to do. And the doctor was like, he's a baby. You need to let him cry. <laughs> Because he had never cried, she had always been there 
to get him to change him to burp him to feed him before he even acknowledged that he needed any of that oh my that God. when he started crying for the first time he started hyperventilating oh. and choking <laughs> because he had never cried yeah oh my god so you need to this is a hard really hard thing for parents is it's really hard to see your kids have heartbreak and not excel and not but they really have to fail in order to learn mm-hmm. um did you know that dr seuss was rejected 20 publishers turned him down yeah wow and I mean, look at him now. He went on to write 46 books that were turned into movies and TV and Broadway shows. It's just like, I mean, and you hear about him every day. There's like a whole bunch of stories in here about things like that. People, famous people that had failed, like Thomas Edison and, and how many mistakes people had made before they became successes. Yeah. I have a story. Is Uber in there? No, but tell that story. Uber had to pivot and change over 200 times before the public saw the app uber wow the idea the inner workings of how it was going to work changed over 200 times see so every time you fail you learn and you do better good better best and i think the reason like failure is such a scary thing is because people think that's the end no maybe one tiny little thing didn't work you, you we we need to learn to okay what's the learning points focus on those tiny little tweaks that we can make in life mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world no no um it's funny because this there was a quote in there that i read it says grit over iq has the higher percentage rate of success yes hard work over smarts is what makes you succeed okay i wanted to read this i know you don't like when i read directly out of the book but change the way you think about failure failure is unacceptable i'm either a complete success or a complete failure failure is always all my fault i failed because i'm bad people won't like me if i fail if i couldn't do something overnight the first time, I won't be able to do it right again. I'm no, I'm not good enough to succeed. Like you got to get. Are these people's thoughts? Yes. Wow. I know. It, I'm, it's kind of hard. Like when you get to some of these chapters, they don't really relate to you. But I mean, it might r- relate to somebody out there. Yeah. You can also understand why some people are just scared to fail. Because mm-hmm. those are their inner voices, the chatter. So we want to change those and put these into your mind. Failure is often a part of the journey to success. I can handle failure. I can learn from my failures. Failure is a sign that I'm challenging myself and I can choose to try again. I have the power to overcome failure if I choose. Okay, so what's helpful? Viewing failure as a learning opportunity. Resolving to try again if your first attempt is not successful. Which, I mean, come on, how many times is your first attempt going to be successful? Yeah, I feel like so many people focus on if I'm not perfect the first time. Right. What? Right. You don't know anything yet. How, how would can- it be perfect? Exactly. <laughs> Fails, facing your fear of failure, which can really hold somebody back. It really can. Yeah. Develop a new plan to increase your chances of success. Identifying and replacing irrational thoughts about failure. 
Focusing on improving your skills rather than showing them off. What is not helpful? Allowing failure to stop you from reaching your goals. Considering future attempts to be a lost cause if you first if your first attempt wasn't successful. Quitting because you don't want to tolerate discomfort. Defining a task as impossible because it didn't work the first time. Allowing yourself to think that failure is worse than it is. And refusing to participate in tasks where you're not likely to excel. Do you have a story or anything you can remember where you were afraid to fail? Um, I think I do things very, I think I start to procrastinate. Okay, that's how I feel too. Yeah. I feel like I'm not afraid of failing. I'm just right. like, uh, I'll put this off. I think like my, my, what do you call that? Your subconscious will make me avoid doing things, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. until I'm like, come on, get, I mean, really, you're not, if you don't do it, then nothing's going to happen. Was grandma like this with you? How you are with me? Like, nope, come on, let's go. Like, uh, oh yeah, out of, okay. push, push, push. Because yeah. that's my inner voice is no, we're doing it now. Like I have a hype man inside my brain mm-hmm. that's like, you know, you're not going to do it if you don't do it now. Right. So, and that's and how for this me, podcast happened was, uh, that was my thought. Was, let's just do it. Let's do it now. Because right. Because we're never going to do it. Right. So. <laughs> right. And I think I, in an upcoming chapter, it talks about like putting things off, but that's so my fear, my fear of failure I don't ever feel like I need to be perfect at things. I don't know why, but I'm not a competitive person. Um, it's funny because they talk in the gym all the time about like, so-and-so is doing this. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> That's not a way to um, motivate motivate me is yeah. because I'm not competitive at all. Um, so I don't think I have like a real f- fear of failure in that sense. But I do, I will put things off. I think that's pretty normal for a lot of people. Procrastination. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you think? I like it. I think think it opens your eyes on... Well, I think it will give somebody the tools. Yes. That has that Us, we can recognize it in other people and help be their hype men or women, hype women. Um, So... I, that's what I think this book mostly is. It's either you recognize negative things in yourself and you need to better yourself or it shows you if you have these types of people in your life, how to deal with them or how to make them, well, not how to make them better, but mm-hmm. how to either help them or give them the tools or to, okay, this is not a healthy person and to walk away. Right, right. So... Chapter 11. This is another one that I I know you didn't read this chapter. Yeah. Because... Uh, Don't tell them that. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. As we got to the end, you know, we wanted to uh, get this episode down. She can't read like five chapters in one week. Yeah, it would week, take me so. so long to read five yeah. chapters. But I mean, in some of the things I would be reading and I would tell you, skip over these pages because you're not <laughs> going to make any sense. Don't read his story because it's not going to even resonate to you. Yeah. But chapter 11 is they don't fear alone time. Which Wait, read that again? They don't fear alone time because we 
love, love. alone time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I took some notes on oh this chapter. Oh my gosh, this is so good. <laughs> this is really good. Um, I, because I don't, we don't relate to this chapter, but there's some really good notes in it. So okay. let's read the checklist, okay? When you have spare time, the last thing you're likely to do is just sit and think. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh. You think spending time by yourself is boring. You like to keep the TV or radio on in the background for noise when you're doing things around the house. Now, this one. Check. Because we did that, that, but I think that's a family thing. Yes. I like it with TV I, the only reason I don't like to be home alone without something playing is because noises. It's scary to hear scary noises outside. Yeah. yeah. And you be yeah. ho- being home alone. You know something since we've been reading this book I haven't been turning on the TV. Yeah, I I usually I think come I in, TV. turn on the news and then clean my house or do whatever I'm doing, feed the dog that but I haven't been even turning it on until nighttime. Yeah. Okay, sorry, back to this. <laughs> You feel uncomfortable with silence. And that one, I just want to make a note. I've had people say, awkward silence before on the phone to me. And I'm like, what What? awkward silence? (laughs) Listen, I can drive all the way to Arizona and back with my dad and not say two words to him. Oh, my gosh. You know what? It actually makes me uncomfortable when... Nervous chatter. This is what I hated about dating was when they were uncomfortable and then... I could tell that they were uncomfortable that I wasn't talking. And I'm like, dude, you need to like relax because I'm totally okay with not talking. I can sit here and stare at other people. I don't need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of people ask me like, so what's wrong with you? You don't talk. I mean, I do get very talkative sometimes, but f- silence does not make me uncomfortable at all. Yeah. Okay. You equate being alone with feeling lonely. You would never enjoy doing activities such as going to the movies or watching a concert by yourself. Wait, that's a bad example. Who wants to go to the movies or a concert by themselves? I used themselves? to go to the movies by myself all the time. You know, the so um, weird, the $4 though. theater? Yeah. Remember when I used to work down the street from it? Yes. When I would, I get off, when you guys got older and I still got off at three, four o'clock. Are I would you go kidding me? No. You didn't ask me if I wanted to go no, with you? you? <laughs> Sorry, you were at cheerleading or dance. Rude. Sometimes movies would come out and I don't want to miss them and everybody else is busy. Anyway. You know what? Something else. My dad used to go to movies by himself all the time. But I'm so much like my dad. Granddaddy did a lot of stuff by himself. Mm -hmm. You feel too guilty to do anything by yourself. I don't understand that. When you have a few spare minutes in a waiting room or in between tasks, you're likely to make a phone call, send a text, or use social media. While driving in a car by yourself, you usually keep the radio on or talk on the phone to keep yourself entertained. I've actually driven somewhere and realized I didn't have the radio on. <laughs> I've done that with Woody and he's like, so what's wrong? Why aren't we playing music? I'm like, oh, I didn't know. <laughs> Writing in a journal or meditating seems like a waste of time. You don't have time or the opportunity for solitude. Oh my gosh, I love solitude so much. I I feel like the perfect way to describe us is the opposite of that checklist. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe there's one of those. Um, Oh, you know what's my first note is? (laughs) We love alone time. 
I love alone time. We were just talking about it when you first got here. I was like, oh, Wednesday night was awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I do want to read. I wrote this note because it really like, I don't know, it hit me. Being alone gets confused with being lonely. By being alone, it doesn't cause loneliness. In fact, many people feel alone while they are surrounded by people. Loneliness is about perceiving that no one is there for you. That was big. I don't know. Okay, so some of the research on alone time or solitude. Uh, Moderate alone time is good for children. There was a study in 1997 called The Emergency of Solitude, which is a dumb name. (laughs) Well, that's dumb. Well, that's dumb. Sorry. Just kidding. Cut that out. No, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so experience in early adolescence. Adolescence. Thank you. (laughs) Found that fifth to nine graders who spent moderate amount of times alone were less likely to exhibit behavioral problems. Lower depression rates and higher on grade point averages. Solitude in the office can increase productivity. Now, I worked in an office when they very first started taking away your office. They wanted that, what do they call it? In the circle or whatever. They wanted everybody in the same room, very low cubicles if you were in cubicles, um, so that people could feed off of each other for work. And I thought, this is a terrible idea, (laughs) especially for me because I get distracted I need my own office. I need quiet yeah. to be productive. Mm-hmm. Um, so when they, ca- uh, open workspaces, that's what they called it. O- oh, open gosh. workspaces. Yeah. And it's, I'm just like thinking nobody's getting anything done. And then when I worked in an office that did that, they transitioned from office to low cubicles, everybody in the same room. Yeah. Nothing got done. Everybody was always talking. Yeah. Alone time may increase your empathy. When people spend time by themselves, they are more likely to show compassion for others. Spending time alone sparks creativity. That was a big one for me because I know creative people need to schedule that time in their calendar to be alone and in the quiet so they can hear. Yeah, and you said in another episode that when you went to the parent meeting for FITM like they're not going to be the your kids who are going to this art school they're not going to be creative all at once but when that spark lights you need to leave them alone because you never know when it's going to come back because we'll start flowing but what is very misunderstood by a lot of people and a lot of people in management so if you're listening to this and you run a team you need to stop thinking like, oh, they need to be working as a team because then they'll, like you said, the open workspace, they'll feed off of each other. That actually doesn't work. Just call a conference meeting and have that. Yeah. And then allow people to go back to their. Yeah. It's very misunderstood that creative people get influenced by people around them. No, they need their own. It's almost like we need to like zone in to then 
produce. Yeah. It's interesting how the creative brain works because it's like it flows like a river or it's dry. Like it's yeah. Yeah. You you have to it's very important. And a lot of people will think that's a waste of time. Like scheduling quiet time is a waste of time, but you you need you that needs to be like your job. Especially if you have a creative job. Yes. But it's very good for mental health. It's helped it'll help to recharge, rest and renewal. Yes, I like that. Okay, so what's helpful? Learning how to appreciate silence. Taking a few minutes every day to be alone with your thoughts. Schedule a date with yourself at least one time a month. I I say once a week. I, I know, so I think too. once a week too. Learning how to meditate and quiet your mind. Sometimes people like, um, there was a story in there where you fall asleep with the TV on or you fall asleep with the radio on because you you don't, you have too much in your mind. I'm a way overthinker. My mind goes and goes and goes. And sometimes I can't fall asleep because of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm not afraid of that. And some people are afraid of quiet because then their mind takes over. So learning to meditate can help with that. Especially if you have a hard time falling asleep learning to meditate would help practicing mindfulness skills to focus on one task at a time journaling to sort out your emotions reflecting on progress and goals daily a lot of people think journaling is stupid so many people well maybe not so many people i shouldn't say that a couple people in high school would always think if i would always have a journal on me and they would always be like, why do you have that? Um, well, I'm getting out all the negative and also the ideas out. It's the perfect way to clear your mind. Oh, yeah. I've always had a journal. I'm, I probably have 20 journals. I have so many journals. I, I've always kept a journal by my bed. Always. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be like handwritten. There's a notes app in your phone. Mm-hmm. There's Google Docs. For a while, I was doing Google Docs because it was the only way that I can journal while still working. Yeah, you can just go back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It wasn't like I need to. You couldn't pull out your journal my, and start writing. I need to go on my 15 minute break so that I can journal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Journaling is a great way to get things out of your mind mm-hmm. to create memories for later on. You can go back and read them. Yes. I used to calendar everything on my calendar every single thing I did every single thing you guys did I wrote on calendars and then to go back over them sometimes it's just I have so many calendars where I have that like Mm -hmm. oh we did this this weekend or we did this yeah that time so that I can remember and be like oh my gosh that was then wow yeah yeah because after a few years in a relationship things start to like really blend together and you're like I think that was last year and then you look back and it's five years ago (laughs) Okay, I have chapter 12. Chapter 12 is they don't feel the world owes them anything. This chapter scared me. Just be, well, I'll get into it. I really wanted you to do this chapter because when I sent the chapter list, I really wanted you to do this chapter just because of your age group. Okay, I have a story for this chapter but it has nothing to do with age group which i can understand Mm -hmm. i think it's just the time we're living in 
okay not a specific with everything age. that's going on I, I agree yes well not even like what's going on now it's i think the way the way the world that we live in right now with technology and expectations and a lot of outside influencing everyone's thoughts and the way they think they need to live i think uh this this chapter scared me okay i'm just gonna go into the checklist okay um you think you perform better than average at most tasks like driving or interacting with other people you're more likely to talk your way out of problems rather than accept the consequences you believe you were born to be successful you think you're why did you laugh because you looked at me (laughs) i was like is she talking to me (laughs) no i'm gonna get into it though oh geez just on that one you think your self-worth is tied to your material wealth you believe you deserve to be happy you think you've dealt with your share of problems in life and it's your turn to have good things happen to you hold on while i switch the page you enjoy talking about yourself more than hearing about other people oh my gosh i know people like that <laughs> that one made me laugh because I, I was know. like i know a lot everybody of knows like somebody like that right yeah and i'm okay with it i'm really okay with it but it makes me laugh i'll go into that too because it just reminded me of something i hate talking about myself but i'll tell a story about that one um about you, yourself You'll no, 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 this, this is something I recognize <laughs> in a sorry. friendship. I needed that laugh. No, I wasn't. Okay, go right ahead. I'm sorry. You think you're smart enough to succeed without having to work hard. Wow. I hate that one. Oh, that makes me so mad. Um, you sometimes buy things you can't afford, but justify, justify it by telling yourself that you're worth it. Which isn't that a slogan? Isn't that a commercial for something? I I don't know. Um, And then the last one is you consider yourself an expert in many things. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to start off with what I liked about this chapter. I have realized the ugly in me. Uh Uh-oh. And I just want to focus on bettering myself after reading this chapter. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of, if if you read this chapter and you, you're like, gosh, I'm like that. Gosh, I'm like that. Oh, my gosh, I do that. Oh, my gosh, I say that. Here is your moment to better yourself. Like, we're all better than these chapters. And we really need to work on ourselves. Um, so, like, this was eye-opening because I was like ew these these people in the stories are like not attractive like they're they're personal i don't want to be that okay their personalities are just so ugly to me and i'm like gosh i have some of that in me and Uh it uh, it's like disgusts me that like i can see myself as i'm reading um as i was reading i realized that a lot of this has to do with unhealthy self-esteem aka ego 
Um, so while I was reading this, I was recognizing when I got my, so I got my bachelor's and I was like, I felt like I was very healthy mental state. And then for some reason, and I wrote this down when I got my MBA, everyone, everyone who would find out or I would tell, or they would read on my resume that I have an MBA, every single person would say, that's so impressive. To me, it was just one more year of school in that moment. But after hearing that, it's literally feeding my ego. And so I developed this like negativity in my head. It turned into this entitlement monster. Just hearing that over and over again, my entitled mentality. And I don't. Do you think I was entitled growing up? Did I have any of those characteristics in my personality? No. You were um, spoiled, but you were so generous and so giving and caring towards other people. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like that hasn't changed with me. And so appreciative. Yeah. It wasn't like, yeah, I got that. It was like, oh my gosh, I got that. You know, like. And and you struggled in other areas. And like, I think school was not easy for you, ever. No. I mean, you had the vision problem mm-hmm. when you were young, and then um, what just that followed you through. Um, you had to work really hard. You always got A's and B's, but you had to work really hard for it. And I think to go to college and put in the time working full time and going to college and getting your three degrees an MBA I think that it's a huge accomplishment but I did hear in you I have an MBA type type attitude boosting yeah yeah and I think I don't think you're alone. I think a lot of kids with multiple degrees think, okay, now where's my $100,000 a year job? Or, you know, because that's what we're told. I I know. But you have to put your time in. Yes. So I did have that in my notes was you have to put your time in. You've always said you you've always recognized in me when I started getting a little entitled was like, but you have to put in your time. Which kind of sucks because in college, they put in your mind, once you have this degree, you'll be here. They put this false narrative. Well, you will come in higher. Yeah, but not right away. They got to tell us. Because you need the work experience. Because we're young. We don't know. Just you need like the work experience. A one-year-old doesn't know how to walk. They need to learn to walk. Yes. They're not teaching us that. Right. They're just saying, when you're done with this, you're, you deserve this. And so when we don't get that, we become entitled. So I think another, sorry if I can interrupt. No, it's okay. I think another thing for you is um, you have so much experience from the school that you went to from professionals. They weren't teachers. They were professionals that um, you come in the gate with a lot of experience mentally maybe not hands-on but every job that you've had 
you've been way above other people that have been in the industry. And I think that's, maybe I shouldn't tell you that. Yeah. So that <laughs> goes into, so I wasn't, I'm not going to read from the, well, I am going to read from the book. Um, one thing that I read and I totally thought of you, which it's not your fault because it's part of, let me just read it. Several possible reasons for this disconnect in the world. The focus on helping kids develop self-esteem has gone overboard. I agree. And that I honestly like stopped reading. Not the whole chapter, but um, that's one of the things that like I stopped and was like, oh my gosh. So school programs aimed at improving self-esteem teach kids that they're all special. Like, my generation, we would have sporting events as young kids and everyone would get a trophy. We're all good enough. Everyone gets a trophy. Mm -hmm. Which we all think, wow, that was really stupid. Like, just give a a team the trophy or, like, one trophy, not everyone Well, we weren't even allowed to keep score. You guys always knew what the score was. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Allowing children to wear shirts that say it's all about me or telling them repeatedly you're the best why do you think they're all out on the streets screaming so (laughs) i'm not blaming you i just think maybe your your generation's parents weren't verbally like Mm -mm. positive because that wasn't the time so you guys were overly communicative and Positive to us. I blame Dr. Dobson. Sorry. Who's that? It was a doctor that came out in the, I believe it was the late 80s. And it was all about self-esteem and, you know, built, that was the timeout guy. Oh. No long, don't spank your kids. They need to be in timeout. He was, he was trying to nurture and protect the self-esteem of children, which it, it, you should, but I think there's a line. Yeah, so what I liked about this chapter was I know what I need to improve on, but I also saw a lot of faces while reading this that I was like, oh my gosh. You know people like that? Like I, you know, you're going through life and you're like, you've heard these words like resentment, entitlement, or um, whatever we've covered in this book. And you always think you understand the full terminology of the word. But until you read this book, you then recognize, like you start seeing, oh, that person's this, this person's this, 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 this. You now have faces to these words. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that's what I like liked about this chapter because then I can be like, okay. Well, then you understand that. Don't get, so my whole thing is I'm working on being patient. I get very irritable when people are being difficult because I'm like, why can't you just roll with it? Like I'm rolling with it and I'm the least roll with it type person. And so then I've recognized like entitled people around me because I've been working on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you're so annoying. <laughs> you're so irritating and you have no idea how irritating you actually are. Like it's a turn off. Um, What I disliked (laughs) is 
a lot of people are entitled and have entitlement issues. Like, if you think that you have some tendencies, read this chapter and you will find out just how entitled you actually are. Because <laughs> I thought I was, oh, I have en- entitlement tendencies. Mm-hmm. No, this chapter told me I'm just entitled. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's the ugly truth is the part that I dislike again, which I think this is the whole book is I like cause I can recognize, but I dislike because it's everywhere and it's way more relevant than I'm willing to accept. Um, so a thing that I disliked, again, that goes with the first part was like realize a lot of people around me and in the world are entitled. I, it saddens me that we're all not grounded. We all have these like false thoughts in our heads of what we deserve. And it's so ridiculous. Like you told me someone needs to be a plumber. Someone needs to pick up the trash. Someone needs to clean the toilets. Like, not everyone There's a job for everybody. Not everybody there. can be a CEO. Yeah. Not everyone is supposed to be a CEO. Yeah. And I think we all need to, like, come back down to earth, count our blessings, be present. It will. And we need to recognize our ego. There's a lot of them out there right now. Yeah. Which I don't like because it makes me, like, upset. That the world is so negative. We were talking about this today, and it's just like, I think every generation has this, you know? Entitlement? Not entitlement, but where things are going wrong in their generation. Mm -hmm. You know, like, for your parents or your grandparents, think that you're like, your generation is screwed. You know, like, I'm like, I remember my grandparents saying that to us. Yeah. So, you know, it's what you guys are used to. Yeah. Yeah. So I wrote down for my story before we go into the helpful tips or whatever the end of the chapter is. Um, what's helpful? Um, I want to. You're tell on chapter us, twelve. You should know now. Yes, I I know. <laughs> you would think I would. I'm still getting this whole podcasting thing down. Sorry. So my story. You know this person. I'm not going to use a name. Okay. This person mm-hmm. is fifty. And what I'm shocked about is because she's part of your generation and your generation, I'm not saying you, just your generation constantly rags on millennials and their entitlement. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I just thought this person was just irritating. Okay. But then after reading this chapter, I'm like, oh my gosh, she's so entitled before she came before they came into my life i didn't realize my entitlement when they came into my life i realized how stupidly entitled i was and i like worked on myself cuz i was witnessing someone it's I like don't, a mirror it's it like was a mirror. a mirror. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, was I that bad? Yes. Like, um, oh yeah. my gosh, this is mortifying type mm-hmm. outrageous behavior. And I think if you 
because I reckon before this book, I recognize it in someone. And so now I'm watching what I'm saying. But hearing someone in their 50s say that they're not going to do something when it, they're supposed to be doing something, like for work, for example. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you're like, but that's your job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but you know you can't tell someone that that's right. entitled because they will freak out. Right. But hearing that I can't, I can't, I can't, or I won't, I won't, I won't, or that's not my job. Oh my gosh. I, I You guys, I am 28 and I've never said that in my entire life. Why have you never said that in your entire life? Because you've always told me, don't ever say that because you're going to have to, if you say, if someone says, go clean the toilet, don't ever say that's not my job. That's exact words that you told me growing mm-hmm. up when I first started working. You do whatever it takes yes. to be a part of it. So hearing this 50-year-old. Act that way. Act like a child is was crazy to me. Mm-hmm. And so eye-opening. I was just like, this is so cringy. So cringy. So you see what other people might see. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is what people saw in me. So oh my gosh, my so cringy. Mm-hmm. That's so good. I honestly want to like reach out to people and be like, I'm is this sorry. how I was? Because I am so sorry. <laughs> just no. It, no, I'm just going to move forward. But uh, yeah, I was just like, oh. yeah. And to this day, it still happens. I'm like, oh my gosh, how do people keep around you? Yeah. Like Because they they're not aware. People who work at jobs at like companies for 10 plus years and act this way, I think they're happy that they moved on after 10 years. They're like, oh gosh, finally. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm just like, I, when I, that this person came in, came into my life and they started acting like this, I was like, I think the people before me are happy <laughs> they're just because that they have a sigh of relief like, yeah they're gone yeah <laughs> okay um what's helpful developing healthy amounts of self-esteem coming back down to earth guys recognizing areas of your life where you believe you are superior focusing on what you have to give rather than what you want to take huge amen huge 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 because i feel like the world that we're living in right now there's a lot of takers we need to learn to give again there's a lot of givers too you just have to focus on that yeah um giving back to other people in need behaving like a team player and thinking about other people's feelings which feelings. is a huge thing for me because I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Well, so I try I'm just to kidding. so I try to like say things like in a. I think soft you should always. Manner. Yeah, I think you should always be considerate of people's feelings. Chapter thirteen. Chapter thirteen. We did it. We're finally here. It's funny that she chose this for number thirteen. They don't expect immediate results. 
So patience. It's fitting that it's last. Because one time around this book is not going to be enough. That's basically what she's telling. I think that's why she repeats herself so many times. And then she tells so many stories to try to um, relate to as many people as they can. But okay. Patience isn't your virtue. Let's go over the checklist. You don't believe good things come to those who wait. You think of time as money and you don't want to risk wasting a single second. Now, I used to think that way. I used to cram pack my days and thinking like if I wasn't working or doing something that I was wasting time. You it's know what terrible. I think it is a good way of changing that is when you're out spending money, which this is what Michael Bostick mm-hmm. says is if you're going to buy something, think of it as how many how Minutes much money? It takes. No, no. How much money you make in an hour? Is uh, it worth four hours of your time? I, I, yeah. And I've always thought of that. No one has ever taught me that. Wow. That was like my own, like. That's really good. Okay, this is fifty dollars. I was making ten dollars an hour back then, or right now. You know, in that yeah, one moment. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, is this worth five hours of work? No. Yeah. Okay, I'm not buying it. Yeah, that's really good. Patience isn't your strong suit. If you don't see immediate results, you're likely to presume what you're doing isn't working. You want things done now. You often look for shortcuts so you don't have to extend, expend as much effort and energy getting what you want. You feel frustrated when other people don't seem to go at your pace. Oh, I do have that problem so bad. I'm like that too. I know. I, Walking, it's just patience. anything. It is patience. I really, my mother has always told me, you need to work on your patience. Now, as I get older, it gets a little bit easier. But I remember having zero patience. Zero patience for anybody. I, I still am bad about it. You know, I think this will help you. I think about... I don't think about working on patients. I think I'm trying to focus on stress management. Mm-hmm. And if I focus on managing my stress, like this isn't worth freaking out about, I become more patient. Okay. So I'm trying to not let things stress me out. And that, and then turns into being more patient. You give up when you aren't seeing results fast enough. You have trouble sticking to your goals. You think everything should happen fast. You tend to underestimate how long it will take to reach your goals or accomplish something. Unrealistic expectations to get fast results can set you up for failure. You have to know that things take time. I mean, um, a big thing for patients right now is what I see at this time of year is people wanting uh, quick results when it comes to weight loss and um, exercise. They're like, you know, they work out for a week and eat right for a week and they're like, or they like do a liquid cleanse for two weeks and they want to lose like 50 pounds and and like you got to put the work on and you're not going to see results at least six months. I mean, you'll see a little bit like the puffiness and things like that will go down um, within a couple months. Yeah. Um, but you really see at at the six month mark, I will say if you're trying to like build 
you're going to see it at six months and then it's going to go fast. Like every, uh, every other week you're going to see my arms are bigger. My legs are bigger. My butt is higher. Things like that. Mm. Sorry. Practicing delayed gratification will help you. So keep your eyes on the prize. Celebrate milestones along your journey. I think this is huge in anything you're doing, setting up a business, um, building a house, saving for something huge, um, celebrate little milestones and that will encourage you to keep going. Create a plan to resist temptation. This is goes back to weight loss or shopping or whatever. If you create a plan, you won't give in to temptation. Hide your cards from yourself. That's a good way of... Hide your credit cards. Put or, your credit cards in the freezer. <laughs> or change your purse out every week. Then you won't want to change your wallet and you'll just put the cash in the new wallet and leave the cards in the leave old the card wallet. Leave the card at home. <laughs> you won't be tempted to go, I only have $50. Oh, but I have this credit card. Deal with feelings of frustrations and impatience in a healthy manner. And pace yourself. Always pace yourself. Delaying gratification makes you stronger. So one of the stories in here that was really cool because love his products so much is James Dyson. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that last name. I love my Dyson vacuum. <laughs> okay, but you know it took him five years to create that and nobody wanted it. Why? N- nobody. It was a bagless vacuum. Oh, that's, yeah, a weird concept. Uh-huh, and so the air separated the dirt, you know. It <laughs> and was like, trying to explain this that to someone. any sense. <laughs> so the reason that he created it, because he got frustrated that his vacuum lost suction. So you don't know, I don't, you don't know this, but bags used to have vacuums. You mean vacuums used to have bags? Oh, I'm so, <laughs> I'm so tired. <laughs> vacuums used to have bags. And as the bag would get full, you would lose suction. No, I, I. Our vacuum think, when you were growing up had a bag. Yeah. And, and I was like, Ew, what is that? It looks like a popcorn bag yeah, almost. Yeah. Ew, gross. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, he it took him five years to create that. And then when he took it around, nobody wanted it. Hmm. So he created it himself. He or he, he had to, to yeah. sell it himself. Oh, yeah. You know, he had he had to find the manufacturing company and manufacture himself and stuff. And look at it now. He's got curling irons and blow dryers and air purifiers and air conditioners. And yeah, I mean, his company is so huge all around the world. Yes. You know, so delayed gratification. Yes. It didn't happen right away. He had patience. Um, Self-discipline is more important than IQ when it comes to predicting academic success. Yeah, I think when you're... I think learning better behavior traits mm-hmm. is better than IQ. Anyone can read a book and learn things and gain knowledge. Right. I think what you do with the knowledge to better yourself, like self-discipline, yeah. like yeah. becoming a better person rather than the knowledge you gain from it. I think you just have to understand, even with these traits, so you have 13 things in here. 
it's going to take you time. It's going to take you practice. Um, just have patience with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's helpful? Creating realistic expectations about how long it will take to reach your goal and how difficult it will be. Finding accurate ways to measure your progress. Celebrating milestones along your journey. Coping with negative feelings in healthy ways. Developing a plan to help you resist temptation. And pacing yourself for the long haul. And this has been a long haul, 13 chapters. (laughs) In conclusion... In conclusion, just like you need to work to maintain your physical strength, mental strength requires ongoing maintenance. We hope you enjoyed our notes from 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do by Amy Morin. Yay! We did it. January's book is complete, you guys. And boy, it was a project, but I learned so much. I've had this, okay, I went back in my Amazon so that I could add it to our website for you guys to purchase, and I purchased this in November of 2020, and I'm finally reading it. It's. I think it's a really great book. I, I was really, when I bought it, I was really struggling because, well, it was 2020, we all were living in a world of uncertainty and... I you want to was learn? having a cri- a moment of crisis for myself because I thought I worked so hard to be a good student, be a good daughter, be a good girlfriend, wife, fiance. Um and I feel like I'm just like it's a like life is hard. Mm-hmm. At that point I was like this life is really hard. I need all the help I can get. And I heard about this book and I bought it. And then I think I read like the first three pages and then I was like, right. But I'm so glad I'm reading it now because. Especially where we're at and what we're doing. I think 2022 is going to be a year of. Okay. This is what I was thinking was 2022 is the repeat of 2020. This is our chance to do what we wanted to do in 2020. I think the world's going to open back up. The world's going to go back, sort of back to normal. And what better way to be prepared than reading this book? Like, I know a lot of us probably thought that we wasted a lot of time and wish we would have gotten other things done or started things during quarantine. But I think right now is the perfect moment to learn our negative traits and learn how to fix them or how to be a better person or learn how to be a good mother, daughter, fiance, wife, sister, brother, husband, whatever, you know, I think we can totally be better people out in the world and bring more positivity with this book. That was beautiful. What a way to end it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On that note, so February is a short month, so we're going to do a short book. Are we ready for this? Dun, 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 dun. Okay, we're going to keep the bright color book theme going. This book is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And yes, I said the F word. <laughs> you should warn us first. 
Grandma, stop listening. Stop listening, Grandma. Okay, so it's a counterintuitive approach to living a good life. So now we've learned all the things that we need to work on. Now we're going to focus on living a good life. Mm, amen. Um, so I have this book already. I you do have too. this book already. This is your moment to pick it up, Start buy reading. it, listen to it. Um, it's going to be on our website by the time you're listening to this right now. So again, the book is called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck by Mark Manson. It's bright neon orange with black writing. You literally can't miss it. Um, I bought this this book a long time ago. I want to say in like 2017 or 18. Mm-hmm. And I got three chapters in. I think I got about four chapters in. I read it in Palm Springs one year. When yeah. we used to go to Palm Springs every year. Yeah. I read it in Palm Springs one year. So I do remember a little bit, but gosh, guys, this is the year that I'm going to finish books. <laughs> I love it. So go out and get that book, um, either the Audible or the book. Again, shop from our website, www.sutherlandgirls.com. Click on the book when you see it on our website and use that link. Don't go outside of the link. Use that link to purchase the book because that is a way you can support our podcast. Other ways to support our podcast are going to Instagram or TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> or the TikTok. TikTok at Sutherland Girls. Like, follow, share, please. Share, share. us, please, please, please. Um, where we hit a hundred followers today and then someone unfollowed us. So now we have 99. I want to know who you are. I'm going to hunt that person down. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Um, we're very proud of. I know who it is. What? What'd you say? Nothing. You know who it is? No, I was just thinking maybe I know. Say their name. (laughs) Say their name. (laughs) Anyways, so. This is a short read. You guys are going to love it because the guy is, the author is so funny. That's the one thing I do remember is like, oh my gosh, he's such a funny character. Yeah, you just laugh when you're reading it. Yeah. Um, and you also like see yourself just like this book was. You see yourself as you're reading and you're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so ridiculous. You can laugh at yourself mm-hmm. reading this book. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do this february book club differently it will be the last episode of this month so time to to read it now you have a full month to read you don't have to read every week you can read right through it in a day in a week or you can take the whole month to read it um again you guys please go follow us on instagram and tiktok at sutherland girls and click the follow button on spotify so that you are alerted every time a new episode goes live. We love you guys so much. Um, we're going to start posting more on our TikTok. So definitely go check those videos out. Go follow us. All right. Bye. It's hard. Oh my gosh, what he's calling me. Do you remember what number you're on? Currently recording. Yeah, I want Modelo. You know the one. Okay, well, I'll see if they have it at the grocery store. If they don't have it, do you want something else? Um, Modelo. <laughs> and some limes. Do you want some Fose? Do you want some Fose? What?
What? Fose. Oh. Fose. I have headphones on. Fose. What's Fose? Fake rose. Sure. Sure. Okay, love you, bye. Don't call back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you ready? Hold on just a minute. Ah, oh, crap. <laughs> did you start? No. Well, I did, but I didn't. So it's going to be like a somewhat funny thing. Remember I told you to skip ahead to where she talks about Facebook? No. You didn't tell me that. Yeah, I did. Oh, shit. Facing your fear of failure, which fear of failure, fa- fear of wow. failure can really hold somebody back. It really can. Yeah. 